Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Mind Shifters Radio with your co-host, the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael Rice, and his wife, Jeannie. Michael and Jeannie share with you the wisdom of the ancient Aramaic internal process of forgiveness. They offer tools and support five days a week. They will support you in building a solid foundation within yourself to live in pure love. In Aramaic, Rachma. Michael is the author of Why Is This Happening to Me Again? For more information on Michael and Jeannie, please visit www.whyagain.com. And now your co-host, the forgiveness doctor, Dr. Michael and Jeannie Rice. To the brightness within you and the truth that is rooted within me. Hi and welcome to Mind Shifters Radio with the forgiveness doctor, Dr. Michael Rice. I'm Jeannie Rice, your co-host, along with Dr. Tim Hayes, and we welcome you to the show. Today is Friday, January the 8th, 2016. It's been a fast week. Our call-in number is 646-200-4169. Press 1, and that puts you in queue to talk to us. We would love to hear your comments and your questions, because that makes this your show. Welcome, Michael. Thank you, dear heart, and welcome, everybody. We're honored that you're with us. And it has been a fast week, Friday already. It's awesome. We, uh, we're we going to get to go and see Star Wars tomorrow at a place called The Mosey, which is a a uh, an IMAX theater up in Tampa. I understand that part of the Star Wars movie was shot in 70 millimeter with an IMAX camera. And there's only one theater that can show it in the whole state of Florida, and it's in Tampa, so... We'll report on how that turned out. This is a pretty cool theater. We've been to it before, and the the theater actually goes 180 degrees up over your head and around you. It's it's a pretty awesome theater. I've never seen another one like it. So that ought to be fun. And beyond that, we are just honored that you're here to share this space and to touch the people that we touch with what we're doing is uh, you know, just beyond my wildest, wildest expectations as to uh, as to how life might unfold and what we get to do in the world. I received a, uh, a message, a private message on Facebook just a little while ago from a woman, and uh, I just thought I'd share it with you. She had posted on Facebook that uh, she had done a number of worksheets, and it opened up a new level, new space of love for her. So I just dropped her a note. Congratulating, excuse me, congratulating her on that. And she wrote back and said, the worksheets were added out quickly and I was crying my eyes out. It always amazes me what come up, comes up. 
I'm not sure. I was just talking about coming to the intensive. I passed the commitment on to a friend that's going through some marital issues. Her husband has it memorized, and they read it to each other throughout the day. Makes me so happy. I'll be in touch soon. Love, and your work inspires me beyond words. Pretty cool to get that kind of message from someone. See those kinds of changes. You know, it's it's just amazing to look at how much totally unnecessary suffering goes on in the world and the suffering that goes on in the world is a result of the energies of sadness, fear, hatred, vengeance, etc. that people carry around inside of them with no idea that they have any choice about it. Well, you know, that's just what's there. I'm sad. I'm afraid. He made me angry. He made me sad. It's all, of course, their fault, and, and I don't have a choice about it. Here I am, a victim of my life. And my offering and what we're working to do, what this show is about, what our lives are totally and completely dedicated to is getting people to understand that all of that is optional. Now, if you came into a body-mind unit with generational rage and guilt and grief and fear and hatred and vengeance, then you've probably come to the conclusion, as many of your ancestors have, that that's just the way life is and there's nothing you can do about it. And I'm here to inform you that that is not the way life is. That's the way the content of your mind is. And there's a shovel. There's a device with which you can reach in. And it's like, you know, imagine uh, these uh, these big earth-moving machines that have a, a scoop on the end of them that would pick up a car. Forgiveness is like that scoop with which you can scoop inside yourself if you're willing. Now, if you've never been behind the, the wheel of a device like that before, you might go, well, I don't even know how to start the thing, let alone what lever and what direction and how to do it. That's well. Right. You're going to have to learn. But you have available to you right here. This is what it's about. You have a giant earth-moving scoop with which to scoop inside yourself and literally, believe it or not, remove the very capacity for any form of hostility or fear because you're not designed for it. You, you, you came in as a human being, and if you hold a newborn child, you know exactly what a human being is. And if you think your spouse, your parent, your sister, your brother, your aunt, your uncle, your neighbor, your child makes you anything, you've been taught to lie to yourself. Nobody can resonate anything in you that isn't in you. And if it's in you, you'll feel it because it's in you, not because of what they did. And if you choose to learn, yes, it's going to take some schooling. I mean, when you think there are a thousand generations that didn't know that they could remove this pain, this suffering, then yes, it's going to take time. It's going to take time to learn to use the machine, the tool. It's going to take time to become skilled at using the tool. And sometimes you'll flub it, and sometimes, you know, you might take the thing and knock something over with it. And, and, and if you'll take the time to continue to practice, you will literally change the direction of your generations. And that's what we're here to support. 
one of the uh, the tools that we offer. And thank you, Gail, for chiming into the show yesterday and asking the questions that you did. And Jeannie had gotten a text from someone asking for a little more detail on the uh, the tool of release of uh, letting go of the emotional attachments. And this is a tool that's about not disconnecting from relationship with people, but if there's a certain person that you see and every time you see them up comes this grrr, up comes this feeling, then you have an emotional attachment there. And this tool is designed to just loosen those emotional attachments and start to free yourself from them. It's just one of many, many tools that we offer. And it's a really simple tool to use. And with that um, email that Jeannie got, I just decided that we would review that tool once again and use it once again. And if you're with us yesterday, great, then try it again today. And if it's your first time here, then the instructions are very simple. And I have seen monumental things happen in relationships when people use this simple tool to remove the attachments. It supports people staying centered in a place of love in relationship to an individual rather than being stuck in old hostilities or fears. So if you'd like to experience it, it's very simple. Uh, If you're driving, uh, we'll ask you to pull over to the side of the road. This will not work while you're driving. It requires closing your eyes. So we'll give you a moment to just pull over to the side of the road. And the way that the tool works, it's a simple verbal release. And, And when you realize that most of the drama and trauma that you've experienced has come in either through words or with words accompanying that energy, verbal release is a powerful way to remove that energy. It's your energy field. Now, if nobody's ever taught you that you can verbally let go of an energy that you put in with words, then that may seem like a strange idea. You know, I release all my anger. I release my rage. If you become skilled at using that tool and a particular energy comes up, then you will be able to verbally release that energy. And as you do, the accompanying softening or relaxation in physiology, wherever that energy is held that's required, will empower you to let loose of that energy. So if you just close your eyes for a moment and... We're going to ask you to get centered in a place in your head. And the way we're going to locate the place in your head is by asking you to imagine, and I'm right there with you, and I have two beams of light. And I'm going to take one of those beams of light and I'm going to put it right through the center of your forehead, the area that people call the third eye. I'm going to insert that beam of light right through that area. And then I'm going to insert a second beam of light right through the crown chakra, right through the top of your head. And the place where the two pencil tips meet 
is the seat of the unconscious. It's the place where you can most effectively release attachment. So what I'm going to ask you to do is just take a moment and imagine yourself centering and allow your awareness to center in the place where those two pencil tips meet. It's the seat of the unconscious where you can let go of attachment. So just imagine yourself centering there. And and if you can't imagine that, uh, an easy technique can be, you know, just take your index finger and put it on your kneecap. And notice that your awareness goes to your kneecap. Put your index finger on your shoulder. Your awareness goes to your shoulder. Put your index finger, put your hand over your heart. Your awareness goes to your heart. So notice that you can shift your awareness around fairly easily. So we're inviting you to shift your awareness to that place where those two pencil tips would meet. And when your awareness is centered there, the person that you want to release attachment to, imagine a picture of them. Let a picture come to mind. And then out loud, if you're in a position where you can do that, or you can do it silently, You'll remember that we've talked about Ruka de Kutcha as a literal elemental force, feminine, that undoes the effects of our errors and teaches us the truth. That inside of each of us is this elemental force. So we're going to enlist her support. And so centered in that space where the two points of light have met, and holding a picture of whoever you're releasing those attachments to, out loud, verbally, just say to yourself, I release all attachments to, in the name of the person you're releasing attachments to. So you allow yourself to be centered there. Get a picture of that person, and I release all attachments to... Now, a lot of people report that when they do that, the picture of the person they were holding just kind of fades away or disappears. And oftentimes it's accompanied by some tingling in the hands, uh, an energy moving, a lightheadedness, a tingling in the head. And that's a signal that release is in the process of happening. And it's as simple as that, and it seems silly, so simple that it must be silly. Couldn't be effective. Well, try it and see what happens. You know, we we don't ask you to believe in any of the tools that we teach. You know, we've got, you know, thirty plus tools that we teach. Don't believe a word I say. Just take the tool and try it out. If it works for you, great. Work it. If it doesn't, throw it away, or put it on the shelf and go go back and visit it another time. And you may find that there's been a block that inhibits it working through you but uh, these tools simply work that's all it's just it's pretty neat to uh, to have technology that's that powerful and that reliable and it always amazes me uh, you know, the expression I was uh, sending to the woman whose note I just read this morning was you know I've just been doing this with people for 35 years and it always amazes me what when people apply for century Aramaic forgiveness the reality management of the wake-up sheet, what shifts take place, what kind of things they drop into, and what kind of release occurs. 
the memories that come forward, the things they touch into. There's a great line in The Course in Miracles that talks about the forgiveness process. And it says, you must return your mind to the moment at which the offense happened. Well, how do you do that? Is it, does that mean I have to sit around and think and think and think about the terrible, deep, dark, dirty thing that happened to me? No. No. Just be walking down the street. You're in your happy-go-lucky mood. Somebody shows up that gives you the look, and up comes your sadness, your fear, your rage, whatever it is. And notice what it is you want from them. Notice that you've got a goal for them that they're not achieving for you. And notice that 100% of the time when somebody frustrates a goal that they're not fulfilling for you, that if you have a negative reaction, it's your negative reaction. You know, if you under your breath, you just, oh, I wish you'd never do that again. I wish you'd stop it. Why don't you just... That's all about you. That's not about them. And this absolutely amazing understanding that goals drive perception and if perception is based in hostility or fear if you unload the driver that drives that hostility or fear-based perception you get to collapse the end result of it and when you collapse the end result of it you get to drop into its root and of course the step before canceling the goal in the wake-up sheet is to reestablish a state of love in yourself. So when you bring the active presence of love, and that too is a practice. I'm amazed at how many people will come up to me after a presentation and say, Michael, I, you know, you talked about love, but I don't have a clue what you're talking about. I, I don't have any experience of that. As you practice with that tool, and, and there's another simple tool that we teach, it's called the love exchange. If there's someone that I have a challenge with, I have a picture of them. They're not available. There's too much trauma between us. I can sit down and simply close my eyes, tap into the deepest love that I can experience, breathe, intensify that love, and open my eyes and send it to their picture. We had a situation a couple of years back. We were doing a workshop in South Florida and the workshop was Healing Through Relationships, where we offer the relationship commitment that we've developed over the years. And it was a gentleman that came up to the uh, the tape table and said to Jeannie after the workshop, well, you know, this all sounds really good and it's nice, but, you know, my wife are, and I are the verge of divorce. We've had so much rage and so much trauma in our relationship that, you know, nothing would help. It's just a waste of time. And Jeannie said, well, here, take the commitment and read it to her. And the guy's like, well, you know, it's already too late for us. Too much too much water under the bridge. He's like, well, you know, it's not going to cost you anything. I'll give you a copy of the commitment. Take it and read it to her and see what happens. And this guy called her a few weeks later. And he's like, you know, you're not, you're not going to believe this, but my wife and I are like, we're on our second honeymoon there's no hostility in our relationship anymore. There's no trauma. And we're having a blast. It's like we're on our second honeymoon. We're having such an awesome time. And Jeannie came back with, well, 
fabulous when when you've been reading the commitment to her. Does she read it back to you? And that inquiry was followed with kind of a quizzical look, and he said, well, well what do you mean? What, what do you mean? Well, he said, well, when you read it to her, does she, you know, do you hand it to her, does she read it back to you? He says, she doesn't know I'm reading this. person doesn't even need to be present to get the shift in energy that you choose to make. Another gentleman comes to mind. Actually, this gentleman's now passed, but someone that I worked at way back in the early days of my practice in South Florida. And this gentleman was in his, at that time, probably early 50s, very, very successful, you know, had an estate in Boca Raton, very successful gentleman, and had a family that, if you've ever thought of, of the Waltons and the happy orientation of a family and a couple that gets along together and are loving with each other and have kids that are, you know, grown and married and always home and there with the grand, you know, like this family was the epitome of that, this couple. And it was interesting because they were Roman Catholic and he did my work. He was actually one of the most dedicated people at doing this work that I'd ever seen. And she was so very Catholic that somehow the fact that this was coming out of, I was teaching at a unity center at that time, was not coming out of a Catholic church. It was just like, well, I don't know about this and I won't have anything to do with it. And he did his work. I mean, I had a private practice and he worked with me every week for several years and just made huge, major transitions. Actually wrote a book based on the work don't think it ever got published. I think he passed before that happened. But in any event, he came to an intensive at Heartland. And, and this is somebody who's got a really, one of the most admirable relationships with a spouse that I've ever seen anybody have. I spent some time with him personally. And just during the intensive, it was kind of interesting. There was a woman who was at the intensive that, kind of came on to him really strongly and really stirred a lot of emotion, a lot of trauma up for him. It's just like, whoa, what's that all about? And when we got to processing it, he shared how when he had been a kid, his aunt had come on to him and sexually abused him. And so there was a lot of upset and, you know, emotional energy and disturbance at the intensive around this issue with this woman who was at the intensive. And when he went back home, he communicated with me a couple of weeks later and he said, Michael, I I don't know what all happened at that intensive. But when I got back here, and and he probably had bought more of my CDs and tapes than anybody (laughs) ever had, my wife has listened to them all and is doing worksheets with me. And we are light years happier. And this is the guy, if you asked him, he'd say, we just have this awesome relationship. So we are light years happier than we've ever been. 
but he had to face a dissociated trauma from being a very young man being sexually abused by an aunt in order to let that energy loose to be able to open the space for another level of relationship with his wife decades later. I was talking to someone yesterday that I hadn't connected with in quite a while. I've been out in California and come to Heartland several times and kind of dropped out, dropped away from the work, hadn't hadn't heard from him in probably four years. And uh, just happened to call him yesterday every once in a while. You know, we kind of became friends, and then he just sort of disappeared. He changed, sold his business, and got involved in a lot of different stuff and just sort of disappeared. And when I got a hold of him yesterday, he was... Uh, he was sharing that, and, you know, it, it amazes me how much sexual abuse there is in our culture. I would offer that, at least from my experience, that probably 70% of people in our culture, men and women, have been sexually abused. And you know, there was a film out recently in Boston, or about sexual abuse in the church in Boston, the Catholic Church. And they came up with something like, you know, 1,500 kids had been sexually abused by priests, which is pretty raunchy, pretty insane. As though that was an anomaly. And, of course, the focus was all about, you know, what's wrong with And, of course, when you tell a person they've got to be celibate and there's a strong sex drive, there's some way the energy's going to come out. That's that's all pretty silly stuff. But, but when you think about, you know, there's a city of a couple of million people and there are 1,500 people walking around with unresolved sexual trauma over that abuse. But in a city of a couple of million people, there are at least 70% of them. That's 140,000, pardon me, 700,000 per million people walking around carrying sexual abuse as an issue. 700,000 out of a million over a million people in a city of two million walking around carrying unresolved sexually abusive energy from childhood. Anyway, this gentleman shared with me that one of the memories that had surfaced for him recently, he was working on a project and, and, and it was the type of project that he always had fear about and he felt like he was always had to rush through it. He always had to be in a hurry to get through it and could never relax and therefore really never really finish the project. And he said after this issue of sexual abuse, he had this memory surface of from being a small baby up to the time when he was seven. He couldn't quite explain why she stopped at that point, but up to the age of seven, his mother had sexually abused him. And that memory surfaced and was extremely traumatic. He worked through it and he said, now I look at that project and it's fun for me to do and the fear's gone. I had no idea where it came from. It was the same with this other gentleman that I spoke about, the businessman from Boca Raton. 
had no idea why he wasn't at a level of joy and aliveness, and it was because it was an unresolved, dissociated trauma from sexual abuse in early childhood. If you've ever wondered why certain things that you try to approach leave you with some sort of pain or trauma or revulsion, or in relationship, it seems like, well, you know, I can never really, really be happy because my partner is this way or that way. When you stop and realize it, there's a good chance that there's an unresolved trauma relating to something. And sadly, in our culture, as insane as it sounds, it very likely resolves around sexual abuse. And until we let ourselves until we create the space of willingness to delve into that depth inside of ourselves that allows that memory to surface in the presence of love for healing, the energetic block will continue to express in the relationships that we have today. And we'll think there must be something wrong with them because, of course, I'm doing fine. But if you don't have that level of joy and aliveness and expression of love flowing through you, it's because there's something in you that's inhibiting it. It's natural for that to flow in a human being. And the gift of forgiveness is that it allows us to drop into those things. The gift of the wake-up sheet is it allows us to drop into those things to clear those energies out of the field and be free of them. And that's what we're here to support, is the freeing of that. Those two pencil tips of light, focusing and just doing verbal release, can be a powerful way. You'll oftentimes see, you know, over the ensuing days, memories surfacing, old thoughts, old things that just, you know, gee, I haven't thought of that for years or I didn't even know that was there. And all of a sudden, there it is. And as those things come forward in the presence of love, they dissolve and their impact on your happiness and your aliveness dissipate and disappear. If the energy was creating a disease process within your physiology, then the disease process within your physiology will disappear And we've got to be willing to face those things and stop, t- stop telling ourselves story about stories about why it's okay to continue with those things and why those things are normal and natural and, and all because of somebody else. Now, there's a back surgeon named Dr. Sarno. He's in his 90s now. He's, my understanding is he's still practicing up at the University of Buffalo. And here's a guy who had the standard, you know, 5 10% success rate with back surgeons, surgeries. And he hasn't used a scalpel in years in what he does now. And he has the best definition of back pain that I've ever heard of. And that is that back pain is unconscious rage. When I allow myself to access my unconscious rage, my back pain goes away. And I'll speak from experience because when I was a kid, or I have a congenital spondylolisthesis, which means at L5, which means that there's some tissue on the front side of the spine that didn't form properly, and so it doesn't hold the spine in place properly. When I was a kid, if I bent over the wrong way, somebody had to 
picked me back up. I remember one time I was I was into electronics back then, and I was installing a um, a sound system on a gun range out in kind of a remote area, and I bent over to pick something up, and I had to wait until somebody showed up to help me to stand back up again to get those vertebrae back in alignment. And I had back pain all my life until I started to understand that it was unconscious rage. And I would invite that unconscious rage to come forward. Okay, what do I need to deal with? What's Show me, Ruka, what's this about? And letting it go. And where, you know, as years unfold, we're supposed to be getting worse and worse and worse physically. As years unfold, I can bend and twist and turn and lift anything. You know, we get lots of opportunities on the road with heavy boxes and cases and that sort of thing, books. I do all of that with zero back pain. You're not designed to have pain. If you have pain, it's because there's an energy in you stored in that tissue. Remember, body is mind. Physiology stores energy. There's an energy there that you need to be willing to change something in your life to do something differently, to give something up in order to remove that energy. You've got to be willing to do that. You can't keep going the same old way and expect that trauma to disappear. And you've got to be willing to embrace it when it comes and embrace it in love when it comes. It may be an experience like I've talked about with those two gentlemen. It may be nothing more than a belief. Remember, belief is energy. It may be a belief You know, oftentimes people say, well, what does it matter what I believe? What you believe is urgent. If you believe something that isn't true, you're in trouble because there are energy dynamics within your cells that aren't accurate, aren't true, and can't support true health in the cell. It's really important what you believe. You act, your mind generates its output based on what you believe. And if you're always finding reasons to be frustrated at somebody else, then your mind is generating realities of frustration that you're pretending are about somebody other than you. Oh, why am I always frustrated in my relationship? That person's such an ass. No, if you're always frustrated in your relationship, it's because there's frustration in you. What do you believe that keeps that going, that keeps that coming up in your relationship. Stop blaming everybody else. Grow up. Become an adult. An adult says, hmm, I have this energy in me. I think it's time for me to work through it. Oh, there's a tool called the wake-up sheet, forgiveness. Let me engage in that. And let me free myself of that. And then, if you say, yeah, but, but, but that person does this behavior. Well, maybe if you start to look, you'll see that, one, 
the behavior that you see this body doing in your mind might be a behavior that you do, that you project into your brain's image of them that they don't even do, but you hallucinate that they do. And two, you might want to look at the behaviors that you do that inspire that kind of behavior around you. What's the part you play? People say, you know, well, gee, relationships always use me. Did it ever occur to you that what you do is you behave in a way that if you're in a relationship with someone who's capable of abuse, it's going to bring it out in them? What's the contribution? What do you do that promotes that kind of environment where somebody would reach out abusively? And, you know, it's kind of like the good news and the bad news. It always comes back to me. If I'm in frustration, if I'm in rage, if I'm in irritation, if I'm in sadness, if I'm not lovingly, warmly, gently reaching out my arms and my heart and my eyes to the people around me, then I have a problem because it's not human to do otherwise. And if I say I'm not doing it because you don't deserve it, I'm lying to myself. I'm I'm covering up, I'm hiding a memory that I need to look at and I need to work through. And it's probably not going to be Dr. Feelgood when it comes up. One of the reasons why we keep these things hidden and down is because there's so much pain attached to it. But the thing to remember is that when you access a memory of pain, you're accessing a memory of pain. You can re-empower it and make it real pain again now, but it's just a memory of pain. And so when you get safe enough to let yourself access those memories... You can replay the pain component to the point where it takes over, or you can keep breathing and go, wow, this memory of pain is pretty intense. I've got tears. I've got sadness. I've got grief. I've got rage attached to this. Oh, and I'm going to keep breathing, and I'm, man, I'm going to let this go. I'm going to get free of this one. And then, beneath all of that, this little memory will pop. Maybe the memory will not even be of something that ever happened to you. It might be something that happened to your mom, to your dad, to your grandfather, to your grandmother, your great-grandmother, your great-grandfather. We had a young lady in Heartland this summer who was experiencing feelings around sexual abuse. But she'd never been abused. And so I reflected to her and said, well, why don't you ask Ruka to show you where the source of the sexual abuse is? And she just dropped right in, like immediately dropped right in and shared that her grandmother all of a sudden appeared to her and her grandmother was someone that she only knew very briefly the first couple of years of her life because her grandmother had died, but her grandmother just came right to her in her mind and shared how her husband, this young lady's grandfather, had sexually abused her all of their married life. The memory was there. And when you're in an environment of support and safety, when you're able to be vital enough to 
process those things and you're in a space where there's enough love and support to drop into them and you feel safe enough, that's when those things start to come up. And that's what we're here to support happening. And when they do, and you know, we finished off yesterday's show, we were talking about the healing process or what's called healing crisis or purification. And we didn't quite get through it all, so uh, so it'll tie in perfectly here because when one of those memories comes up, what will happen is you will experience the symptoms of that release and those symptoms will be exactly the same as the symptoms were as the energy was locked in to the tissue structure. And I mean right to the point where I've I've watched people, you know, who all of a sudden develop this red welt on their face like a handprint. I remember one case, this woman had a a handprint come up on her face. And what she processed was being beaten and being slapped in the face. And so the energy, you know, you think about someone who gets hit and the energy that's, you know, the person who's hitting has an energy that's moving with power and it impacts tissue where the energy doesn't belong. The tissue absorbs the energy, takes it in, and does its best to throw it off, but then stores what doesn't get processed out. If someone at that point of being hit holds their breath and is all tight and locked up, that energy can be transferred, you know, in the case of a slap in the face, can be transferred to the neck, from the neck to the back, to a shoulder, And so all of a sudden this person in a healing process experiences this shoulder pain, this back pain, and all of a sudden this welt comes out on their face. That's called the healing process. And they experience the emotion. They experience the sharp words that were said to them. All of that is part of the energy coming back out of the structure. So you think of that hand moving with action against someone's face and the energy being absorbed. When the system is vital enough to throw it off, then the energy that's been absorbed that's creating distortion and disease in the tissue, you know, in that case it might be into the the teeth or the sinuses and creating uh, tooth problems or sinus problems. As the energy comes back out, then once it comes back out, that energy is in process of release. And it's going to look and feel on every level just like it looked and felt when that person was being hit and that whole emotional trauma took place. So healing looks like on a physical level, any kind of physical symptom you've ever had, and low energy. You know, to to build the vitality to process out an assault that impacts the cheek, the teeth, the sinuses, the back, the neck, the shoulders, to, to process that energy out, you have to have a level of vitality to open up and move that energy out of the system. The energy, the, the structure will take the energy that you might normally be using to go run around town and I'm ready to deal with this and all of a sudden, you know, I'm so tired this morning, I just can't get out of bed. Low energy. That may be the body ready to start to throw off what doesn't belong. And so that's where you want to breathe, you want to use the tools and let that energy move out and and you may go back through experiencing exactly what it felt like when that blow was laid on your grandmother's face. That's part of healing. 
So on a physical level, it's any kind of physical symptom you've ever had and low energy. On a mental level, it's any kind of negative thought you've ever had and confusion. Let's say when that blow was landed, the person who landed the blow was just saying the most degrading things to the person they were hitting. And as that energy is released from tissue and the welt comes back up on the cheek as the energy moves out, along with it comes all the degrading thoughts about self. And here I am working to hold a space of love, and that energy of love coming in meets the energy of degrading thoughts moving out, and they start to mix, and it's mass confusion. Part of the healing process is any kind of negative thought, confusion, because those energies mix together and they get muddled and we don't have clarity. One of the awesome results of using these tools is the clarity of mind that comes. This gentleman I was talking to who yesterday shared with me that he'd gotten in touch with his mother sexually abusing him as a child. And he's like, I just have such clarity of mind so easily now. And I just never had that all my life. And this is a guy that's in his 60s. It's like I never had that. Why? Because those untoward energies moving in the structure always impacted the thinking processes. If you're healing and you're aging, you're getting better. They call it aging. If you're healing and you're spending more time revolving around the sun, then your physiology is youthing because age is a result of putting offensive, insulting energies into the system that don't belong in the system. Age is not a function of time. So physical, mental, and then the emotional level is any kind of negative feeling one has ever had in depression. And so the way it felt is that blow was being administered to the face and the derogatory words were being said as that energy was being taken on, perhaps from a power person who was thought of as an authority. So it was taken on of, yes, I am that way. That's And the depression that comes with thinking that about yourself and having anger towards self about that is going to be part of the healing process. So up that energy will come as it processes out And now I'm freed, depressing energy of that confusion, of those negative thoughts, of those negative feelings, and those symptoms that I wondered why they were rattling around in my body all day. Treatment does not change those things. If an energy rattling around in your body is creating some sort of symptoms and disorder, perhaps you could find a treatment, some sort of a toxic substance that will shut down the feelings and the overt impact of those energies, and that's called treatment. And treatment can be really nice because it can make you feel better. But sadly, a lot of the feeling better comes from simply anesthetizing the system so it can't feel and experience what's there. We say, no, take another approach. Add healing to the puzzle. Let yourself feel with it. Let yourself breathe into it. Let yourself be there 100% with it. And as you throw the energy off, the tissue will heal instead of adding a toxic substance to treat and try to shut down the impact that the energy is locked into it.
And there are four things Jeannie tells me we've got a caller to. So before we switch to our caller, I'll just briefly talk about the four things that will tell you that if you are symptomatic, if you've got that physical, mental, and emotional energy going on, the four things that will tell you that it's healing in process. One, you ask yourself the question, have I been doing more and more of the right things in my life? If I have physically, mentally, emotionally, relationship, etc. If I've been doing the right things nutritionally, then I'm strengthening, building vitality. And that leads to the second question. Just before these symptoms occurred, had I hit a new level of vitality, a new level of aliveness? You know, if you've ever gone through a healing process and you've worked through something and you just feel so fabulous and you're like, man, this is so cool. I, I'm just flying so high. This is awesome. And you go to bed in that awesome state and you get up in the morning and you wonder if anybody got the number of the Mack truck that went through your room during the night. There's a reason. Because with that new level of vitality, another layer of that symptomatic energy that is passed on, has been passed on through the generations is now able to open and move out of the system. It's called healing. It doesn't happen as a result of treatment. It happens as a result of using healing tools. Any practitioner that does treatment, I think, should be found guilty of malpractice if they don't add healing to the process. Yes, treatment can be very helpful, but treatment doesn't heal. Treatment treats, and usually with something poisonous. Poisons don't heal. So if I've hit a new level of vitality, then... That means that I can reach into a new depth of what's locked in me that I need to let go of and release. So second thing that will tell you if you're in, in a symptomatic state, physically, mentally, or emotionally, that your symptoms are healing in process is, yes, gee, I remember just before that, I'd hit a whole new level of vitality. I was working with a young lady a, a few weeks ago, and she had been in Mexico and had gotten out in some seaweed and gotten some sort of uh, lice and what have you on her and uh, and ended up with some flesh-eating bacteria, went through a lot of trauma. And when she got back from Mexico, we, we got together, Ginny and she and I got together and shared a lunch, and uh, she's telling me about how she'd gotten to Mexico and she was in this isolated place and she's doing all this work, and she was just flying so high. And then she had this flesh-eating thing going on. It's like, oh, well, gee, that sounds like you're in a healing process. That sounds like your body was in a state of major release. I mean, look at how high you said you were. Look at it. And she all of a sudden was just like, she'd been going through this for months. And she was like, oh, my God, I never realized. That's exactly what it was. Old energies moving out of the system. So, Am I doing the right things? Have I hit a new level of vitality? Third thing, and this is what was happening with her, was a lot of skin elimination. Is what's happening with your elimination. In a disease process, there's a tendency for there to be a restriction in elimination. In a healing process, there's a tendency for there to be an increase in elimination. So if the eliminative organs, and we're talking about all of the eliminative organs, we're talking about the skin, the urinary tract, the bowel, the mucous membranes, the sinuses, the lungs, are all eliminative organs. If there's an increase in the eliminative output of those organs, that's another signal that you're in a healing process, not a disease process. And then the fourth and final thing that you want to be aware of to verify that you're in healing 
is there will be a craving for whatever drug was used to suppress the situation initially. And this year, when I was just sharing with you about, had actually contacted me, oh, probably two years ago, maybe three years ago. She'd started, she'd revisited the worksheets and was going to a whole new level. She was doing five to ten worksheets a day. And she called me one day, and someone who's very pure in their diet, you know, is very into alternative uh, eating and, you know, doesn't eat the junk of the culture. And she's like, Michael, I just can't help myself. I don't know what's going on. I, I, I just, I just want to eat ice cream, eat ice cream, eat ice cream. It's like, well, when you were a kid, what was your drug? She was dealing with some issues. Back at that time, she was dealing with some issues with dad. And, oh, your dad would go through one of those fits of rage and abuse me. He'd then get loving with me and take me out for ice cream. And that was kind of the cincher for her as she was talking about this release happening through her skin, which was pretty bizarre and intense, where she was craving ice cream. What happens is when we lock an energy in that doesn't belong and we use some sort of a drug, and sugar is a drug, we use some sort of a drug to lock the energy down so we don't have to feel, then that energy that we don't have to feel crystallizes. And it crystallizes along with molecules, literally, of the drug that shut it down. And so when you can break up, when you're vital enough to liquefy and break up those crystals, the structure yields its drugs. I think this is an especially important piece of the puzzle to understand for people who've gone through addiction treatment and problems with addiction. Because you know, we've all heard of the guy who got his 30-year chip. He's been sober and clean, and, man, he loves his sobriety. And all of a sudden, a week later, he's fallen off the wagon. What happened after 30 years? Well, his 30-year mark was a new level of vitality. Congratulations, lots of adoration from all the people he worked with at AA and was able to, you know, celebrate that. And up came the next layer of healing. And when those things crack up and break up, literally when those crystals break up, there are molecules for the alcoholic, there are molecules of alcohol that will start to move in the system. And when those molecules of alcohol move in the system, all that person can think about is alcohol, alcohol, alcohol. like this woman, sugar, sugar, you know, ice cream, ice cream. And so the fourth and final thing that will tell you that your symptoms are healing in process is that there will be a tendency to crave the drug that was used when the initial insult occurred. And so they're the symptoms of healing. Healing is not Dr. Feelgood. That's why it's not popular. Most people would rather just take another pill and hide from themselves. We're inviting you to take a different direction. Stand in willingness. Keep doing the right things. Keep doing the tools. Utilize food, and food grows in the ground. It doesn't come in a can or a box. And vitalize yourself. Use the tools and heal. And that's what we're here to support. And by the way, if you're ready to take your work to the next level, we do have a few spaces left in codependence to interdependence. It starts on the 1st of uh, February. And laws of living. Laws of living is actually filling up. But there are, I think, two or three spaces left in that. So if you're, if you're ready to take another level of work on, then join us for an intensive starting February 1st. And, you know, if you're up there and 
what's turning into winter now. I know it's been warm and mild all over, but I'd say about February, things are probably going to be, it'll be time for a reprieve from that. So if you'd like to uh, be joining us, then give us a call and check in and we'll get you set up to uh, join us for a nine-day codependence to interdependence intensive. And uh, that nine day will then, for people who have the space to uh, to extend it out, will will turn into a sixteen day intensive. So people can come and do nine days, or do up to sixteen days. They could do ten or eleven or twelve or up to sixteen. And then we'll take a day off, and we'll then jump into laws of living. And we've talked to Chef Ari yesterday, and he's excited. He's got a whole new round of recipes that he's going to be bringing to the intensive to share with us. And so we're uh, we're really excited about uh, this beautiful home that we're going to be in in Orlando and uh, doing uh, 32 days of intensive work. So come and join us. Nine days, 16 days, 16 days, or all 32 days. And so, Jeannie, uh, you've got a caller for us. I, I, uh, just... Yeah, uh, we're down to um, just a little oh, over here. two minutes. Four minutes. So okay. <laughs> I'm not sure that we're going to get to them. However, then call back on Monday. We did have a question in the chat room that came through first before the uh, the callers came in. Okay. And that is, if someone has had negative energy within them and it has materialized, um, manifested physically, um, you know, right. sometimes it, it's just moving through and then it's gone, but sometimes it actually manifests in it physically. And so, right. like you were if talking not to someone to let this go, morning, it locks in. Right. So you were talking to someone this morning about you know having that removed, and um, or whether just having it biopsied. But if say that it is removed, it's so the tissue that has the bad energy in it seemingly is gone, but the person then resumes doing the same thing. Uh, with right. the, the disintegrative energies, then it isn't really gone. Okay. Well, here here would be my, my input. A tumor, and that's what I was explaining to someone this morning, a tumor is a body walling off energy that doesn't belong in the system to the best of its ability, energy that it can't handle would be damaging tissue. So the body has a defense mechanism called a tumor. It builds a wall around it. Violating that wall is not always the wisest thing to do but that's up to each individual and so in the case i was talking with someone this morning was a, a breast tumor and so if if one has an identified tumor let's say something like a breast tumor as opposed to blasting it with poisons and such which is you know another another approach to the process but i think it can certainly be wise to do a lumpectomy that takes the mass of energy that the body's accumulated and excise it so that I don't have to detox it physically. But that doesn't mean that all aspects of the energetic dynamic that my body's trying to protect itself against are dealt with. You know, breast tumors very often involve, we're back to the topic of sexual abuse. My take is that, you know, that's oftentimes a component of that energy. And so one hasn't handled it by excising the tumor, but the the local manifestation, which might be pretty intense to break down and take out through the eliminative channels and could do a lot of damage, that's that's a pretty intense way to go. So doing something like a lumpectomy and removing that, I think is probably a very wise thing to do. And then continue to do your work. You know, along with that, that would be treatment. It's not going to handle all the mental, emotional, energetic components by taking that out, but it will take out the local localized trauma, the physicalized trauma, so that the eliminative organs don't have to break it down 
process it, digest it, and move it out. So that would be my input is do all of the above. And in the meantime, create the best year yet of your eternal life. I apologize, callers, for going on there, but it just seemed like the right thing to do. So have a great day. See you tomorrow. Blessings. It's actually Monday. Monday. Yes. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.